other side of midnight with Frank Morano. I guess I should have written that to let you know that I was coming home. I've been gone so many years, I didn't realize you had a phone. I saw your cattle coming in, boy, they're looking mighty fat and slick. I saw Fred at the service station, told me that his wife was awful sick. You heard my record on the radio, oh, well, it's just another song. I've got a hit recorded And it'll be out on the market for too long I got this ring in Mexico No, didn't cost me quite a bunch This song is called Homecoming by uh, Tom T. Hall, right? Uh, If you ever want to know what kind of music we're playing on the show, just join our Facebook group. Just search Morano Radio Fans and Haters. And this song is apropos of our first guest, Dana Michelle. She is the founder of something called the Homecoming Challenge, which is really exciting. It's a nationwide homecoming challenge that encourages alumni to go back and give back to their alma mater as part of something called the Surprise Initiative. We're going to talk about it in just a minute. Dana, it is great to meet you. Thanks for coming in studio. Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm thrilled to be here. Now, what uh, what time zone are you used to being in? You're usually East Central. Coast. Central. Oh, Central. Chicago is here in the building. <laughs> and, and we're thrilled to be here. Great. So it's an hour earlier for you than, than it is for me, usually. But, but it doesn't feel like that. No. <laughs> At all. Now, um, there's been a lot of attention paid this week to uh, the passing of Queen Elizabeth, longest serving monarch in British history, 96 years old. She's lying in state. There's American officials, world leaders from all over the globe heading to Great Britain for her funeral. Not everybody is exactly sad about her passing. There was one report of uh, somebody lambasting her because of colonialism, but apparently... This has now exported, has become something of a trend in the form of something called Black Twitter. That's right. What exactly is Black Twitter? Well, I'm not on Twitter, so let me just say Smart. that. That's why you're the smarter one of the two of us. Well, there's that. <laughs> but I, I received, you know, some text messages and some links to it. You know, people, which I understand, people have to keep in mind that the longest reigning um, monarch... Queen Elizabeth was, in 1953, she was only 25 mm-hmm. when she ascended to the, to the throne, right? So uh, think about what our country looked like, the landscape of what that looked like in 1953. Oh, yeah, I think of our country and Great Britain, and, two and think different worlds. Think about your morals and your values and your, your ability to stand up for even what you think is right. Mm-hmm. In, when you were 25 years old. Oh, uh, different world. Just kind of like, whatever. You know, I just don't want to make waves, et cetera. Um, so I get, you know, part of her position and where she was at and all those kinds of things. So there's a lot of people on black Twitter, you know, who have who have been very vocal. Um, and what are they saying exactly? They're taking issue with her not being a proper champion of, of minority rights. Is that the gist of it? The, the essence really is that she represents colonialism. And so, you know, a lot of our a lot of countries around the world have been founded on European, UK, Britain, British 
colonialism. And so, um, you know, participating in that, supporting that and or not supporting that. Right. Because sometimes by by not speaking up, you become, you know, supportive of the oppressor. And so I think a lot of people um, have had strong reactions. Just they want to see a change in 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 the era. So the folks that are on black Twitter and I saw a couple of these videos and essentially usually it's uh it's almost like a news-based rickrolling where you, you click on a video about Queen Elizabeth and it's people celebrating and singing and dancing. These folks are essentially happy that she's dead. What I, I think what it is, I mean, there's jokes and people are making light of the mm-hmm. fact. And, and, we, and we shouldn't make light of the fact that someone has died, right? And there's, a, I mean, she was a respectable woman to many people um, and represented a lot of good, you know, which was interesting to me just because... I've recently, and I'll tell you more about me a little bit later, but I've recently watched Bridgerton, mm-hmm. right? Uh, see, I haven't seen it. How is it? Oh, no, uh, you should check it out. Really? It's gotten good reviews. Call me when you get to to, to uh, episode five, season <laughs> one. Got it. But, um, you know, it's just, and, and the reason why I say that is because it was produced by a black woman, Shonda Rhimes, who everybody knows from Grey's Anatomy um, and, and other shows that she has produced. So I think that. There's a bit of a backlash to the Queen's passing because there's been so much genocide, particularly in the African countries, uh, and there's been a lot of loss. There's been a lot of pain, a lot of bloodshed, and and and, the, and that blood is on the hands of uh, England, you know, in Europe and all those kinds of things. So it's just been interesting to see kind of how all of that has has come about. Um, Obviously, you know, my condolences, of course, to the royal family and all that kind of stuff, too. I, I get all of that. But I also can see where people uh, have had some resistance, some resistance to it. I think that a lot. It's one reason why I think people celebrate Prince Harry, mm-hmm. because he represents kind of a new a new era, a new change. Because his child is biracial or multiracial. He's always been. uh different. Mm-hmm. He's always been out there. He's always kind of uh marched to the beat of his own drum. And I think that in marrying a woman who is American and who is biracial and then having a biracial biracial children uh you know, I I think just kind of all of that. But you have to keep in mind that people made such a big deal about that. Right. You know, what is what is their first child, the son, you know, what what does his skin look like? What is his color? Is he going to be dark? You know, there was a whole theory about all that kind of stuff. So do we not just you and me, but all of society, do we pay too much attention to these royals who really have no power whatsoever? We pay too much attention to differences. Mm-hmm. And that's what my show and the Homecoming Challenge are are really all about and and changing that narrative, focusing less on the differences and the things that bring people together. Got it. All right. Well, so uh, talk to me about the surprise initiative. What is the surprise initiative? And then how does that fit in with the homecoming challenge? Well, tell me this, Frank. Where did you go to college? New York University. NYU. Yeah. It's funny because I went to NYU for a year. Uh, I matriculated from Spelman, but they have a program called the Domestic Exchange Program. Mm-hmm. So my junior year, I actually spent at NYU. Really? I which school did you Hayden go to? Hayden Hall. Oh, Washington see, I didn't Square live. West. I, ca- I commuted. <laughs> but, um, do you, which, which school at NYU did you go, did you go to? Do you remember? Uh, I was in, w- when I came, I just took 
political science classes, just okay. the regular. So probably yeah, CAS, College yes, of Arts and College Science. College of Arts and Sciences, okay. that's exactly right. I was like, I don't even remember. Like, it was just NYU. I was yeah. just so excited to be at NYU. Um, and that's what I mean. See, as, as you and I, it's a perfect example of as you and I get to talking, we realize that we have things in common. And that's what it's all about. Uh, the homecoming challenges, you go back to NYU, and it sounds like you were a commuter student, uh, but you can really approach any student at NYU. What I have found is that there is a missed moment between alums and students, current students. You go back to campus, you know, for whatever reason, chances are you're not really thinking about alums. Mm-hmm. I mean, excuse me, current students. You're not thinking about the current students that are there. You're there to handle whatever business you're handling. You're going in to, to pay something, to meet somebody, to talk to somebody, coffee, whatever it is. The homecoming challenge is about creating an organic mentoring moment, which is what we call it, of going back. So for those who stayed on campus, you go back to your freshman dorm. You knock on the door and you say, hey, my name is Dana. X number of years ago, which we won't, which, which we won't say right now. <laughs> I used to live in this room. I used to be in this dorm. And this is my advice to you for the next four years of surviving this institution, whatever it is. This is my advice to you in life. Here's my business card. I'm a lawyer. I'm a mom. I'm a single mom. Uh, I started a, a podcast. I started a nonprofit. I started, I have a TV show. And, and, and it's more about people in our, in our age group, in our, at our level, they don't realize how awesome they are because I think they're so busy in, in the day-to-day of being parents, mm. of being in your career, of supporting your parents as they're aging. So they don't really focus on themselves and how they have the ability to influence and change lives of the younger generation. If people are just tuning in, we're talking with uh, Dana Michelle. You can learn more about her on her website, DanaBeingDana.com. Check out her TV show and her podcast. She is the founder of the Homecoming Challenge. I, I love um, what what you're doing here, and I'm a big believer at every level, uh, not just for college students, but really at every uh, professional level as well, in having mentors yep. and having protégés. I have uh, quite a few. Of, I'm sure uh, of you do. Both. I, I, I'd like to think. I learn a great deal from people. People that are much more accomplished than me in a variety of of factors. Explain now, given the constraints of time that you just described for yourself and the average ordinary person who might be listening to us right now, why is that so important to make this a priority to take time out of your day or your week or your month to then go to a college that you might not have been back to for 10, 15, 20, maybe more years and uh, try to offer a mentorship opportunity to some of the current students. Why is that so important? Because it's easy. Mm-hmm. Food insecurity, for example, is a thing. Food insecurity on college campuses, before the pandemic, one out of two students on college campuses suffered from food insecurity, which was defined as at some point during the semester, they would be without a meal. The inability to afford a meal on campus. Um, a lot of you have heard of food pantries. Um, kitchens uh, where they would offer food to to students uh, to to get through the semester. When does that happen? Likely near the end of the semester, mm. when 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 money has run out, refund checks have gotten low. Uh, what is also happening at the end of the semester? Finals. How are these kids getting through finals when you know they're struggling to make ends meet? Uh, a lot of kids come; they're either first generation college students or they've got families who've put everything into just getting them there. And there's a ton of programs, Frank, out there. 
about getting kids to college, but there are very few programs about keeping kids in school. So when we when we talk about the homecoming challenge and you encouraging alumni to give back, we're not necessarily talking financially, make a, a contribution over to the school that you graduated from, giving back something in terms of time and in terms of uh, mentorship on a one-on-one basis to a student. Well, it's multifaceted. I think we the ask and the challenge is specifically about the student's either in your dorm room or you can find stu- – and a couple of people have challenged me on this. Well, either my dorm is no longer – it's an office building now or I didn't – I was a commuter student. So what can I do? How can I participate? I guarantee you, you go to NYU, you have $20, a student will take it. The idea is to give them a little bit of cash because that's a great incentive incentive for these kids these days. Sure. Cash, you know, uh, cash is king. But – so it's not just that, but it's the business card. You know, I started this with my co-founder, Chris Evans, in 2017, and we did it at Morehouse and Spelman College, our alma maters, in honor of a friend of ours who died in a tragic car accident uh, who was passionate about giving back. And we went back to our dorm rooms. The two girls who were in my room in 2017, one is just graduated from Vanderbilt with her master's in marketing. The other one is a medical student um, in South Carolina. And so... I, I, I stay on top of them. I make sure they're okay. They have everything they need. Is there anything that I can help you with? Because it's all about relationships. It's a re- relationship building. It's about connections. And being a mentor, uh, helping out you know anybody in your path is, is what the Homecoming Challenge is really all about. Oh, well, that's uh, absolutely terrific. And I would guess that uh, maybe the person going back and trying to be a mentor they might be in a position to learn something from the student that's in college now. Absolutely. What I've loved are the stories of people who, who share hometowns, who share majors. Obviously, these kids are freshmen, so they're, they're thinking about what they want to do. But a lot of times they have aspirations that are directly on point with the mentor who has shown up in their room. Uh, they've got uh, Greek affiliations. Uh, they've got other aspirations, that they and they find things in common. Again, it goes back to the whole premise of my TV show, which is Dana being Dana and that there's a human connection that binds us all. When you get people talking, you realize you have more in common than you do differences. And that's what it's all about. The homecoming challenges is a part of that. Uh, And it's just kind of our philanthropic uh, um, philanthropic arm that we're super passionate about. And we've been down. COVID has not let us be great. I, well, no, I can imagine you're, you're not alone in that one. And, and it's funny. One, I would think that uh, some people may be listening to this and think, well, I didn't have a good experience in college. I uh, was overcharged and underserviced, and my collegiate experience was lacking for one reason or another. In, in listening to you, it would strike me as that's all the more reason that yeah. you should go out and It's not and about you, and, boo. It's not about you. <laughs> try and go back. And, and and it's funny because we did a we did an episode virtually. We pivoted in the pandemic as we do. And one of my favorite stories, my friend uh, Reverend Michael Harris went to Morehouse, and one of the things he said on our episode in October, which was featuring Spellman and Morehouse alums, what he said was Morehouse didn't do right by him in terms of his graduation status, and th- he owed money or there was some issue. Um, he graduated, but it wasn't without some sort of hardship. And what he said was. It was because of the homecoming challenge and participating in that. Because in 2019, I went on tour. I took the little money that I had and went on tour, and we got picked up by Kroger, and who sponsored us with uh, gift bags, goodie bags of food, 
to give out to students. And that was just a phenomenal experience. They're back with us again. We're going on tour this year, and we're super excited. This is the kickoff. Great. The kickoff. Well, so, um, and that's part of the reason that you're in New York this week. Tell me about this event that you're doing, uh, I guess, tomorrow, right, on the 16th. Friday. 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 Um, Yeah, So Morehouse, you're right, because it's actually Thursday. It's 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 late at night. Yeah, I hear. Um, Morehouse is playing Howard University, two of the you know arguably top uh, HBCUs, historically black colleges and universities in the country. Uh, they are playing a football game uh, at MetLife Stadium, where the Giants play um, uh, on Saturday. And so before this, we are doing a live podcast um, of my show, Dana Being Dana. Featuring the Homecoming Challenge, and we're talking about giving back. It's uh, there will be HBCUs there, so uh, people from all different HBCUs, not just Morehouse, Spelman, and Howard, but people from all over. And we are going to be talking about uh, HBCUs, the importance of giving back, and excitement about Homecoming being restored. Homecoming has been down for a couple of years now, right? The pandemic hasn't let anybody be great. And so this has just been an awesome opportunity. Um, and I said, coming from Chicago, I said, we got to come. We got to come. We got to be here. We got to make some noise. So if people want to watch that or participate, is the best way for them to do that Friday to go to Dana Being Dana? Go to Dana Being Dana on Facebook. We are on Facebook or the Homecoming Challenge on Facebook. That's where we will be live. Uh, one of our sponsors is Smogo TV, which is a Morehouse-owned uh, production company who is producing uh, our episode on Friday. But uh, to be clear, though, when we talk about the homecoming, uh, the homecoming uh, challenge, it's not just for black people. You're encouraging everybody. That is true. That is absolutely right. right. Uh, Yes. My first show um, on a larger scale after we did Morehouse and Spelman was a Big Ten show. I'm from Chicago, so there's a lot of Big Ten grads. There's more than just 10 schools in Big Ten. So tell everybody, make sure everybody (laughs) knows about that. Um, and so my very first show in 2018 was Big Ten, and we had all. It was at the time it was 14 schools, and so we had um, uh, people from all 14 schools show up: Northwestern, Iowa, U of I, uh, Indiana. I mean, you think about. I mean, I'm Midwest through and through. I see that. And I love so it. yeah, so it was it was great. So I, that's what I, my point is that it's any school, any student, any alumni at any time. It doesn't have to be homecoming. Just whenever you're. In the vicinity. I, you know, I'm sure it's the alumni that need a little bit more of a, a push to do this sort of a thing because of the busy schedules and because you're in a different place in your life, not necessarily scholastically focused at one time or another. But it strikes me just a couple of weeks ago, you know, I was on the radio at NYU. I, I was WNYU was the radio station. And just a couple of weeks ago, I interviewed Cousin Brucey, the famous DJ. He's on our station Saturday nights. And he was actually the founder of WNYU. And I sent... I asked him about WNYU when he was on the show, and I sent the audio of that interview to the people at the radio station now, and I thought they were going to have all sorts of questions about uh, Cousin Brucey and me and, you know, making a transition from being on the radio in college to doing it professionally, and I was surprised. I heard nothing back. (laughs) I feel like um, that maybe, maybe the students could also use a little bit of a nudge in terms of seeking mentorship yeah. in certain circumstances. And I think, well, and I, I'm a mother, you know, and I have kids. And so part of it, that generation, I think there's a bit of entitlement too, mm-hmm. and, and just not really knowing. I think technology has in many ways killed some of their communication skills or their budding 
communication skills. So I wish this is really a call to everybody mm-hmm. to get to talking, to get people off electronics, off phones, off devices, and just having conversation. Uh, I love the pictures that I've seen, the video that I've seen, all of the uh, coverage, because we encourage people. One of the steps, if you accept the challenge, is to share in your own way. You don't have to, because some people are very private about it. But just sharing your own way about what the experience means to you. Because think about how you would have reacted if a if a graduate from NYU just showed up and said, hey. Sure. You know. Yeah, no, absolutely. Would and, have been big. God forbid if, if you had something in common, right? right? You right. know, if they had any aspirations that were that were in parallel with yours. And that's what I want people to realize. The people like me and you don't realize how awesome they are because they're so mired in, in, in life. Right. And so it's an opportunity to kind of focus on that and hone in on that and pass those gems on to des- to deserving students. What if someone didn't go to college or didn't graduate from college? Is there a way for them to still participate in this in you terms can- of the idea of mentorship? I think you can. I think some people didn't go to college and they wanted to know, could they do it at their high school? Sure. You know, I think high school is a little bit younger because they're not adults. Well, so, sure. so we kind of stay away from that in terms of our promotion and all that. But it's just all about giving back. I mean, in my life, I've been a, I've served in a mentor in so many different capacities. Again, I've said I'm, a, I'm an attorney, so I talk to people who are aspiring attorneys, who are in college, who are younger than that. You can in, just the ability to influence, not you know realizing how incredible you are, and being open to to kids who just are curious, who want to know. We're in a world that that is very much focused on yourself, particularly, and the pandemic has, has encouraged that, right? Don't talk to people because you're going to catch COVID. So it's, it's, this is about being a bit more open mm. and being a bit more friendly and being a bit more inviting and, and just creating some of that connective tissue that I feel like we've lost over time. Well, you are invited here whenever you're in New York. It is a treat yeah. to meet you in person. Woo! Good luck. I want to encourage everybody to check out the uh, the podcast and this uh, this w- event, the kickoff that you're doing on Friday. People yes. can go to DanaBeingDana.com and fi- follow Dana Michelle and learn more about the Homecoming Challenge. Thank you, Dana. Thank you so much. We'll be live on Friday. It will be live on Facebook at 4 o'clock. 4 o'clock a- Eastern. 4 o'clock Eastern. Great. Make sure right. everybody gets their time zone straight. You want to comment <laughs> on any portion of our discussion? We'll cover some other issues a little bit later as well. 800-848-9222. This is The Other Side of Midnight. Straight ahead. The Other Side of Midnight. Midnight. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.